Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. God created you to be able to contain him as a spirit. So how does he do that? Pastor, show me. Because I really want to be, be full of God. That's why I'm talking about this. One of the ways God causes us to, us to mature is through prophesying. That's a new thing, isn't it? That's new. What do you mean? See, when, when you, most, most of us, when we hear prophecy, we are thinking about prediction. But when we talk about prof- prophecy, it's not, but biblical prophecy fundamentally is not about prediction. To prophesy means to speak for God and not just that, to speak forth God. So when I speak, if I'm prophesying, when I speak, I'm speaking for God. I'm beginning to tell the agenda of God. And not just that, when I speak, I'm speaking forth God. If you keep listening to me, a a match of God will work into you. You cannot mature without constantly hearing a certain speaking filled with God. That's why we spend much time in church teaching. Teaching so that we can fill people with God constantly. God is coming to you. The more you are hearing the word, that is why in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, for as long as the church is concerned, prophecy is what builds the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 and 5. He said, he that speaks in unknown tongues edifies them. But he that prophesies edifies the church. The word edifies, build the church. So it takes prophecy to build the church. So Joseph, God started working on him. God started. How do you know when the, a person is mature? Listen to them speak. Your speaking reveals who you are. Your speaking reveals what you are filled up with. Your speaking reveals where you are at, your level. So, this is how Paul puts it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, he said, when I was a child, let's all read it from the screen. Let's go. Please, read it out loud. Let's go. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. So one of the signs of childishness is the way you talk. Do you know that you can, just listening to a man's voice, or a person's voice, you will know whether this person is a very old man or a very young man. Isn't it interesting, Proverbs says that the, the, the glory of a young man is his strength. Youth has to do with doing. Maturity has to do with speaking. It's true. It's true. That's why as people grow in life, yeah, yeah. They, be, they are able to impact. They speak to the younger one. Yeah. Tell them, yeah. teach them. You speak, yeah. speaking. Yeah. Maturity is in speaking. So then we have to look at Jacob, his record of speaking. Wow. You know, according to Bible, according to the text, the first recorded statement of Jacob, you want to know? He might have said a lot of other things, but the first recorded statement of Jacob. You know, in the Old Testament, they prophesied. And when you read the Bible, Isaiah chapter, I'll come to Jacob. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 24. Yeah, Isaiah chapter, I think, 40, 24. Don't, sorry, 10, 24. Isaiah 10, 24. Listen to that. This is how it puts it. Therefore, what? Let's not read the first line. Let's read it. I wish you could have said it louder. Let's go. Therefore, that says the Lord. Let's say that together. Therefore, that says the Lord. What's happening to your voice? Loud. Therefore, that says the Lord. 
Isaiah 51. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 1. Let's read the first line. Let's go. That's it. One more time. One more time. Jeremiah chapter 2. two. Let, let's read the second line. Jerusalem saying. One more time. When you read the Bible throughout, you see that's it in the Old Testament. They come to say, so I come, this is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. They took what God is saying. Oh God, in fact, there are places you see in the Bible, Jeremiah chapter, um, that's chapter 2, okay. So chapter, chapter 2, verse 1. What does the verse 1 say? Yeah, verse 1. What does verse 1 say? Moreover, the word of the Lord came. The word came. All right? To me. The word came to me. The word came to me. Jeremiah chapter um, 1, verse, is it chapter 1, verse 1, something? The, the word came to me. So the word kept coming to them, and then they say, this is what God is saying. The word kept coming to them. That's the Old Testament prophecy. But the New Testament principle is about more about incarnation, where God and man, or God comes into man, a man comes into God. So God joins himself with man. Man is joined to God. So in the New Testament, maturity is more about, not I'm speaking for God, but as I speak, it's God who is, oh. We'll get to that, we'll get there. Maturity, say maturity. So Jacob, first recorded statement of Jacob in the Bible, do you know what he says? You like it. It's in Genesis chapter 25 verse 31. Genesis chapter 25, verse 31. Let's read it out loud, please. All right, let's go. <laughs> what was the first recorded statement of Jacob in the Bible? What was the first recorded statement? Sell me your birth. You see, he was always thinking about himself. Give it to me now. Give me your birth right now. Give it, please, if there's something you are losing in Christ, never sell and miss, miss your birth right. In Genesis, there were four cases of birthrights that were swapped. The first one was this one, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the one who was supposed to go to, but Jacob got it because Esau was not serious. The second one is in Genesis chapter 38. It's about Tama. Tama had children. Zara and Perez. Zara was the first one. Perez was Genesis 28, 27. 28, 27. Perez had the the birthright and um, uh, uh, Zara missed the birthright. The, the next case of swap birthright was Joseph's children, mm. Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh was the first and Ephraim was the second. In Genesis chapter 48, from verse 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, Je- Manasseh was supposed to have gotten the first born's blessing, but he, he didn't get it because J- God had a different plan. For Ephraim to be the, the leader, to catch it. And then the third, the fourth case of swapped birthright is the one that most of us, if we don't take care, our society is preparing us for. And you know what, what happened? It is Reuben. Right. The first son of, the first son of Jacob. Jacob, do you know who Jacob is? Jacob is a great personality. You are going to find out in a minute. Jacob's first son, he was supposed because he was supposed to catch the birthright. Do you know why he didn't get it? Because of sexual immorality. Uh-huh. 
Ephesians 5 5. For this you know that no, no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance. You can lose your heritage. Now, uh, what's it called? Reuben went to sleep with his father's concubine. Genesis chapter 35, I think verse 10, somewhere there. He went and had a go of 35 verse 22. Yes, verse 22. It happened. When Israel, Jacob, dwelt in the land, that Reuben went and lay with Bilah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard about it. That's what they said about it. Through fornication, he lost his birthright because fornicators lose inheritance in the kingdom. So if you, the way you like her, you like him, why don't you convert the fornication into, convert the woman into a wife and into no more fornication? Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is not defined. The honorable there, God says, ah, this is good. He created it, but then anything outside of that, Bible said, look, the adulteress, this is it. Fornicators and adulterers, what happened to them? And now, so Jacob, his first son, lost his birthright because of sexual immorality. And his second son and third sons were very um, uh, emotionally charged. They went and killed people, cruels of uh, instruments of cruelty. And then his fourth son, who is Judah, was supposed to have gotten the birthright, but he lost it because he too, he went into a prostitute, not knowing that was his daughter-in-law. daughter-in-law. Now, in Genesis chapter 38, he went. So, see, but, so do you know who got the birthright? It's Joseph. Because Joseph passed the moral test. And so in, in first, first, um, Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1 to 4, it says that the birthright was given to so Joseph. All right. So, now watch this. Joseph, the first thing Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Then, Bible didn't say he spoke too much again. The first thing he spoke about was, I need it. Then, I'm talking about the speaking of Jacob as God was maturing him. Maturity is God working himself into you. Okay, so that I guess to a time, you become constituted with God. That your entire reign is so filled with God. That's what I'm trying to talk about. So how did God do it? He started working on Jacob. And then Jacob, the next time he spoke again, he spoke a little bit, but the main speaking was a very bad one. In Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 27, Genesis 27 verse 19, Jacob said to his father, go to verse 18, look at this, verse 18. Verse 18 said, so he went to his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? That's Isaac asked Jacob, who are you? Do you know what he said? Verse 19. So Jacob said to his father, I am Esau. Oh, Jacob. Jacob. And yet God called himself the God of Jacob. When you look at the way he used to talk and his behavior, if anyone amongst us behaved like that, you would doubt if the person is born again. <laughs> I, am, I am Esau, your father. You are not the firstborn. He went to lie. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as she told me. You told me, please arise, sit and eat. And I go to the next day and see. But Isaac said to, him, uh, to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly? <laughs> he said, <laughs> and he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. <laughs> 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 the God of Jacob. 
Can you imagine? The Lord, he said, God brought it to me. God, you sent me, but God made it happen. The Lord said, the Lord said. But Isaac said to his son, oh, but the next verse. Isaac said to Jacob, please come here that I may feel you, my son, whether you are. And so when he went in here, he felt him and he said, no, there, it feels like Jacob. He felt, he said that, and he, he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are his substance. The man was blind, so he could tell Jacob. He would do anything to get for himself. Remember that. Sign of immaturity is that it's always about you. It's always about you, about you, about you, about me. Give it to me. When you went to labor yourselves, give me that woman. Oh, you have to work for seven years. No, I'll work for her to get her. They, they tricked him. They gave, her, they gave him the other one. He said, still, I'll work for her. Uh, so it's all about me. He left. He said, I have to leave because I have to go and provide for my own. And then, so you see, in chapter 31, chapter 32, you can hear the talkings of Jacob. But when he listened to his talking, it was about him. It was about him. Then chapter 35, when his daughter was raped in chapter 34, chapter 35, he begins, his language begins to change. He said, let us go so I can build an altar for God. The guy was changing. He was changing. He said to his, his family, Genesis chapter 35, he said, let us go to Bethel so I will build. And then told them, put away the foreign gods from amongst you. Because we are going to Bethel to build for me to build an altar for God where he appeared to me. So now he's beginning to talk about God. Let's do it for God. Let's do it for God. When he met Esau, he said, oh, my Lord, you know, my Lord. He was lying. He was just lying. Then look at the story. I like this. I like this. Then he, he was told that Jacob, Joseph, your son, is alive. And the Bible says that his heart was numb, but his spirit was revived. When you are young, it's your, spirit, your spiritual man that can help you get numb. By your heart. <laughs> his heart was rather numb, his spirit was revived, a sign of maturity, he was growing. And then, quickly, fast forward, he went to Pharaoh. He went to Egypt. When he was taken to Pharaoh, in Genesis chapter 47, verse 7, see what he said. We know how people are maturing by what they say. Can we all read it together, please? Let's go. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. When he got there, he started blessing. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Let's go. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out. Blessing is the overflow of the life of God through. So you must first of all be filled with God so that it can overflow. So the dimension to which you are filled with God is what determines how you can bless others. An empty vessel can't give any water. So you first must be filled with God. Then out of the overflow, once God saturates you, you get to a place in life, you are not contending with people, you actually blessing them. When you speak, God is entering them. Blessing, blessing is to bring God to man and bring man into God for him to enjoy God as grace, love, and fellowship. Blessing, true New Testament blessing, is to bring God, man, and to bring man into God, to God for him to enjoy God as grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, as love, the love of God, and as fellowship. Bless others is to bring them into God's presence and to bring God into them as grace, love, and fellowship 
that they might enjoy a trinity. They might enjoy God. So it's to bring people into the presence of God, or bring God into people, and then, then bring them into God that they might enjoy God. That's a true blessing. See, when you are blessed, eh, when you are blessed, you are Godful, like the New Testament blessing. It's not so much about material acquisition, but it's so much about God, Godfulness. Joseph was in prison, but he was prospering. Prison? How can God be with you when you are in prison? It's the prison is our problem. But his problem was godlessness. So even if he had to stand for God and enter into prison, he knew that God would be with him in prison. That's the blessing. But some of us, we want the material, the physical opportunity so much, so even if we have to lose God to get it, no problem. Never lose your Christian stand to get a man. You won't be able to keep him. It is headache you have gone for. <laughs> it's not a blessing. Because the blessing is not inside. The blessing is not inside. Some of us went for men or women. Went for things. And the blessing was not inside. Now you are in church with it. We are working the blessing into it for you. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> it's true. So you who say, Pastor, why are you always talking about it? Because see, to have marital peace is a blessing. Oh, yes. It's a blessing. So it's better to wait and get it right than to jump into it and then start, uh, start. So Jacob, when he appeared, now in Genesis chapter, now he appears before Pharaoh. Abraham didn't bless anybody. Jacob appears before Pharaoh. He blessed him. Then he, in Genesis chapter 48, verse 9, he tells um, his son, uh, Joseph, bring your sons that I may bless them. Bring them closer. Bring them. Bring them that I will bless them. Hey, this man is not thinking blessing. He's no more thinking about what is him. And then verse 15, Bible says that, and he blessed them. He blessed Joseph. Verse 15 says that, and he blessed Joseph and said. So blessing has to do it also speaking. Speaking for God. The overflow of God. Now, watch this. So have you noticed the trend of that Jacob spoke? But you can tell his speaking was changing. His speaking was changing. That was the sign of maturity. And now the final straw. You want to know this? This is what made me almost title the message, the prophetic blessing. Because now every time he shows up his blessing, look at Genesis chapter 49, and I'm done. Are you interested in this? Yes. Genesis chapter 49, the guy was about to die. He was weak, physically frail. Verse 1, he was physically frail. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. He said, bring them, come, come. And I may, he didn't say, I will bless you. Speak forth your future. This gentleman whose first language was sell me the birthright, whose second main communication was lies. I am Esau. God has worked on him, worked on him, worked on him, worked on him. When he became full of God, he was so constituted with God. God's plan for your life is to fill you with himself, to constitute, so you, he becomes your constitution, to rearrange you with him. That's why I started by Genesis. He created us to fill us. That's God's plan. So you are born again, not just to go to heaven. You are born again. So as you walk with him, he's, he's washing you by the washing of the, he's cleansing you by the washing of the water of the word. And the more, John said, I must decrease and he must increase. So that you can decrease and he will increase in you. 
a time comes when it will be like the story of Enoch. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. He, Enoch walked with God and he was no more. God wants to fill you with himself, fill you with himself, that you become more of him and less of you. That's spiritual maturity. Jacob, watch this. Jacob said, let me tell you what's going to happen in the last days. He was, he was frail, but four things I want you to know. He knew God. And then number two, he knew the people, his sons, the condition of the, his sons. And then number three, his spirit was in line with the purpose of God. And then number four, he, even though he was physically frail, he wasn't spiritually frail. So he was in, spiritually fervent and he began to speak. Now, this is very important. Look at verse two. Gather together and hear. You sons of... This contains a lot. Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. First thing, gather together and what? Gather together and what? When you are growing, it's what you are speaking. Gather, let's go. I can't hear you. Let's go. Who should hear? Who should they listen to? He was the begotten father. The begotten father is the fleshly Jacob. But the prophesying father is Israel. Someone who has met God. Someone who has had an encounter with God. He stood in their position to prophesy. Yes, I am your begotten father. You know me in the flesh as Jacob. But listen, I'm coming to speak to you about your future as Israel. sons of Jacob. The begotten father was Jacob but the blessing father was Israel. And Israel, he says, as for us a prince, you have fought with God a man and you have prevailed. That's Israel. That one who has prevailed. He's the representative of God. I'm not speaking to you as your natural father. I'm not speaking to you from my humanity. I'm not speaking to you from my flesh because now my flesh gave birth to you but something has taken over me. Something has taken over me. I'm full of God and I just prophesy. So when I'm blessing you, I'm not just saying it to be well with you. I'm prophesying the outcome of your future and your children's future. Look at verse 28. It was blessing, it was going to bless. Look at verse 28. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father spoke to them. And he blessed them. So in the speaking, he was blessing. But in the speaking, he was prophesying. The one person in the scriptures who prophesied without a gift. Wow. Can I tell you some second thing about this? Uh, Jacob here. Say, Jacob's Hamashiach dead Bakara. This is strong. This is the last, practically the penultimate verse, the book of Genesis. So after this, Genesis chapter 50, that's, that's it. So that's what the end of Genesis. And this man spoke, watch this, the things he spoke from, about his sons, that from Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, throughout all the Old Testament, and not just that, throughout all the New Testament into Revelation was filled with the manifestation of his prophecy. Everything from then on was the manifestation of what Jacob said about his sons. 
The Bible is filled with the manifestation and the playing out and the, and the uh, execution of Joseph's prophetic blessings, Jacob's prophetic blessings, what he spoke. This man was so constituted of God. <laughs> listen, listen, you don't have to miss this. He was so constituted of God that when he spoke, God spoke. He didn't come to say, thus saith the Lord. He didn't come to say, the word of the Lord came to me. He said, come and let me speak to you and tell you. And let me tell you what will before you. Before you. You want, you, can I take it a little deeper as I close? Are you sure you are ready for this? Because we have to bring it in the New Testament context. First Corinthians. Are you sure you are ready for this? I'm ending it now. First Corinthians chapter 7. Apostle Paul shows up filled with God. The one who said in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. My living is Christ. He said, he said I'm ready to be poured out. As, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. He said, I'm ready to be spent, First, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, to, be, to spend and be spent. In Acts chapter 21, he said, don't intimidate him by telling me, don't go to Israel because there's a, there's a prophecy that when you go, you die. I'm not, uh, you suffer. I'm not only ready to suffer, I'm ready to die for the name of Christ. Paul, they beat him in one city, they, taught, they stoned him, he didn't die, got up, went to the next city, went to preach. Hallelujah. Paul, a Roman citizen, was, was arrested for preaching, for casting out a devil in Acts chapter 16 in the region of Thessalonica in the city of Philippi. He cast a devil out and they, they wrongly accused him and beat them and put them in prison. When they were putting him in prison, he knew that he was a Roman citizen and you dare not treat a Roman citizen like that. But guess what? He didn't use that car because he was willing to sacrifice to go to prison because the jailer must be saved. He was beaten, put in prison. And Bible says in Acts 16, 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed and praised God. And there was an earthquake. And the, the prison doors were open. And the chains of all the prisoners fell. And then when the chains fell, the man woke up and came. And the doors were open. He thought all the prisoners had escaped. Because when you are a prison jailer and prisoners escape, the punishment is execution, a bitter one. So he said, I never kill myself before they come and get me and torture me. So he took the knife. He was about to kill himself. And Paul spoke from the darkness. He said, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. None of us have escaped. And the man trembling, he said to them, Acts 16, 31, 32, men and brethren, what shall I do to be saved? Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. And that very night, the man believed and they were baptized and he washed their wounds. He gave them food. And then in the morning, the magistrate sent and said, let the men go. They are, we, we, there's no need we just, we just we take them to court, let them go. And he said, we are not going anywhere. You put us in prison, Roman citizens without trial, you are telling us to go. We need you to come and beg us and release us yourself. So Paul knew the law, but he didn't use the law. Why? Because he wanted to be in prison for the salvation of the jailer. Paul! He said, he said, he said I, um, I, I rejoice in my suffering for you. Bearing in my flesh. There's afflictions of, the, of Christ. He rejoiced, Colossians 1.24. He was happy to suffer for someone to grow. This Paul, he was so constituted with God. I'm talking about the, 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 the God-constituted person. Amen. 
Amen. Someone who is so constituted, saturated, filled with God. That's what I'm talking about. And Paul was so constituted in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Do you want to hear what he said there? He said, what I'm saying is a commandment from the Lord. Am I right? Did you see how I put it? He said, now to the married, I do what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Who commands? Who commands? But listen to the next one. Yet not I, but the Lord. Ah, so who is doing the commandment now? Commanding. Instead, I command, yet it's God who is commanding, as I'm commanding. So he starts by saying, I command. And he said, yet not I. It's God. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Who? But to the rest I say, not the Lord. To the rest I, not the Lord, say. So it's not God who is speaking now. Now I'm telling you. So which one is, and when you read the things he said, talking about divorce, the things he said after this, it's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 and 32, that don't divorce your wife. In, the, in, in Matthew chapter 19, 3 to 9, that don't divorce. That Moses permitted divorce because of the hardiness. Now, this guy was speaking the opinion of Christ. He was speaking the mind of Christ. And yet he said, I say, this is not a commandment from God. I, not God. First, he said God. Now he said, I, not God. How about verse 25? This one, he said, I don't have a commitment. This is my own opinion. So you see, he spoke at three stages. The first stage, God is saying, he didn't say, that's yes, the Lord. Do you see that? He didn't say, in the New Testament, it's not about that say yes, the Lord. It's God speaks to us. When you are more, the more you are saturated with God, the more God speaks to you. Your speaking because becomes the speaking of God spiritual maturity. So, in verse 10, he says that I command, not I, but the Lord. Mm. Verse 10, he said, this one I'm saying is not the Lord. And then verse 25 says, I don't have a commandment from the Lord. Concerning virgins, I have no commandments from the Lord, yet I give my judgment. I give my opinion, and guess what? This is scripture. The opinion he said, my, which he said, my opinion was scripture. So now, where is Paul and where is God? Paul was in God, God was in Paul, and when he spoke, God was speaking. So in the verse 40, look at verse 40. He said, me too, I have the Spirit of God. I thought I have the Spirit of God. Verse 40 said, but she, verse 40 said, but she is happier if she remains as she is, according to my judgment. And I said, you know what? And I think I also have the spirit of the Lord. He's talking about my judgment, but he's trying to say that this judgment and my opinion is not practically just my detached opinion. My, let me put it this way. It's my opinion in Christ. The God-constituted person when you bless, you are prophesying. When you speak, God speaks through you. Yeah. And how do you get to that level? You have to keep feeding yourself with the word of God. Grow, grow. The more you are growing, the more God is speaking through you. It's not a Bible school that makes you constituted with God. It's not, it's not theological training. It's constant spending time with God in the presence of God. Bible says Moses, he spent so much time with God when he came 
from the presence of God, they couldn't look at his face. They had to get veil to cover his face because people couldn't, because the, the glory of God was oozing out of his face because he had spent time with God. Acts chapter 3, verse 14. Bible said, Jesus called the 12 that they might just be with him. If you stay with Jesus long enough, you speak like Jesus. He said, and then he appointed 12 that they might be with him, that he might send them. Not come and do for him. Just be with me first. So in Acts chapter 4, mm. verse 13, Bible says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they took notice of them that these guys have been, oh. <laughs> he said, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were un, un, uneducated and untrained men, they, and, and, they perceived, and they perceived that they were uneducated. They marveled and they realized that these guys have been. It's about time. People look at you and realize that no, there's something not ordinary about you. There's something supernatural. There's a supernatural manifestation of God in your life. The hand of God is upon your life. Shout yes. No man can do these things. It's a God be with you. I pray that my God has shared about Subaradasa. I pray that God will find you suitable, that He will saturate you so much with Himself. That you will allow yourself to be saturated by God. That God will fill you with so much of Himself. I pray for you that it's every situation you go through in the flesh will be, will be a training ground for God to fill you more with Himself. To fill you more. That when people say, I don't believe there is God, just you, be, they come into contact with you, begins to make them know there is something supernatural. There is something supernatural. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at carries.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.